Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 86, Mammoth Week. Club football is put to the side for a while. It's World Cup Week. It starts in a few days. We're super pumped, I guess. Um, the League Cup was also a thing, though, so should we pay attention to that? Who knows? What you know? Is it important? Probably not. Doesn't matter. Uh, Tommy's here to join me. We're going to go through some stuff, as we always do. That's the whole point, I guess. Talk my nonsense. favorite part of the my favorite part of the pod is when you're like, we're about to talk about everything, but ultimately it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Ultimately it doesn't matter, but we're going to talk about it anyway. So stick around and listen. Uh, we had an at the match podcast out this week as well. Uh, Tommy, you went and ho- recorded some stuff at Highmarsh. I did. Yeah, that was um, it was fun to begin with, and then I kind of got lost in the moment of what was happening, and uh, not not entirely sure how engaging the content is on the ears, but hey, by all means, just vo- volume warning, I imagine. I just love hearing the loud noises from High Marsh, so good one. Good work on that. Uh, what are we going to do tonight? Tonight, we've got a bit, we're going to do it a bit um, unconventionally. Usually, we'll go through some scores and some big games from the weekend. I guess they'll pop up in chat, but we're going to do a bit of a breakdown of the table of the English top flight, first division, as we like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um the English no first credence. division table going into the World Cup break. Uh, let's start from the very top. Arsenal go in there with a five-point gap suddenly after some weekend results. Did you expect this at all? Uh, no, not no, not, not whatsoever. I thought Arsenal were obviously going to be decent, and I had them top four. I didn't have them contesting in the manner that they are against City at the moment, and that record is impeccable, dude. 12 wins, one draw, one defeat. Over a course of 14 games, like literally, what more could you ask for in a division like this that is so competitive? And as we have seen, we're going to go through it. It's so topsy turvy. Anyone, mo- mostly anyone, can be anyone at the moment. For Arsenal to be doing this, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll probably get into this, but it depends how you grade success and whether or not the idea of a really wealthy cash style club like Arsenal doing well is something that's interesting because it's beating a more cashed up more well-off club city but for me i think when you look at arteta had a plan all along it's the youngest squad in the premier league on average he's he's doing it in a different way and so i think you can appreciate that and they're just looking awesome yeah the way they play definitely has to be appreciated it's very exciting to watch even if you're a neutral i think like i've heard plenty of neutrals say they enjoy watching Arsenal just because the way these kids run about all over the place, the way he's revitalized Granite Xhaka, he's he's doing like the Aaron Ramsey type role, like box to boxing and making late runs into the box to create and score goals. Mm-hmm. He's got exciting young wingers. He's got a leader in Martin Odegaard wearing the armband who contributes every week in brilliant ways. He's so exciting to watch on the ball. Gabriel Jesus has gone a bit quiet, but again, just contributing in other ways still. Um, they're so dynamic in that attacking third that it doesn't really matter if the striker isn't scoring. Um, no, nah, not at the moment. If it goes yeah. on for any longer than it is, like for sure, you'd be like, oh, hey, yeah. you know, Jesus goes 10 games without scoring. You know, you've got to knock on the door and see what's going on. But at the well, moment, has, like you said, it, has it been 10 games now? Uh, is it nine or 10? It's been Ooh, a while. Is it that I'm long? Sure. I'm not sure if that's just Premier League games or all games, so... All games would still be the same for me. Like, that's kind of a long time for a striker, to be honest. Um, outside of the team still doing well and winning, you'd really want to investigate that. 
Yeah, maybe. I think he's as long as the team keeps winning, then it won't become too much of a headache. Uh, but it could if everyone else stops contributing. And the back line seems to be so they're so sure of themselves. Uh, William Saliba, this young fellow, is just just coming in after spent a few loan periods away, has come in and just been a rock. Ben White has become a right back and has earned himself a spot in the England squad for the World Cup, which we'll get to later. We'll do some of the World Cup squads. Um, Great call uh, up. Zinchenko comes in uh, at left back and just kind of. I guess changes completely the whole dynamic of the way the team sets up when they have the ball. He drops into like a, a midfield role to get on the ball a mm. lot of the time. Yeah, central like midfield. An, like an inverted left back. Um, it's yeah. pretty crazy. It does, and you're exactly right. It opens up such a, like a huge advantage for Arsenal in the transition play from when they turn the ball over in midfield. And then they've got that extra body in midfield, which usually is the thing that causes the turnover. Zinchenko bounces left. No one's marking him typically, and it does create that you know dynamic overlap that you see Arsenal score goals. They score so many goals. We saw it on the weekend. It's the get the wide players in, cut it back, strikers coming on, tap in. Like it's it's good to see. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I think the worry on everyone's mind is depth. Um, something they don't have a heap of at all, but. A club that does, Man City, they drop points on the weekend, only their second loss, losing at home to Brentford, 2-1. Uh, Wild give, game, dude. Opens it would have killed that gap, but yeah. Killed so many multis, man. Oh, it would have killed so many multis. It's never punt on the early game. Uh, it also That's looked it. like That's it. we finally had a early, in quote, quote marks, early game that uh, produced actually some exciting football for a change. Uh, but it is a loss for Man City that sees them sit in second, they're only two points ahead of Newcastle now, albeit with a game in hand, but they're the side that everyone's still backing to win the league from here. They've got the depth. They've pretty much got two separate 11s that could win this thing. So what mm-hmm. do you reckon? Yeah, I think City still definitely win it um, because we saw a couple of um, Arsene Wenger X, uh, S goals by Arsenal on the weekend. And there was a couple of moments where in you know the previous 20 years or whatever it's been since you've won it, where Arsenal have thrown away decent leads in the league table going into, you know, favorable positions. So you would back City's depth exactly. The fact that they do have two. I mean, Calvin Phillips has barely played a game this season, and yet he's gone to the World Cup. Like, I mean, it just, it speaks volumes of where City's, um, you know, City's success comes from is the fact that they can compete on so many fronts well because they do have, you know, such a huge amount of quality in their team. Yep, hundred percent. Um, you happy to move on? You, anything you want? Else you want to say, Man City? Well, I mean, I guess it asks the question: Why do they lose to Brentford? Just teams lose games because that's sport. Mm, potentially, potentially, they could be. You know, potentially. If it's not potentially, what what is it then? Their recent form is kind of suspect, to say the least. They haven't been putting teams away as they usually would. They have kind of battled in a few fixtures this season as well. I'm not sure. I would still back City in, yes, but, you know, there looks like a potentiality for Arsenal to march on and City to keep dropping points. So It's interesting because we started the Man City chat with you saying they'll definitely win it. I just, I would, oh yeah, I'd have them at 90%, but what I'm really hoping for is the other 10% where Arsenal keep marching on and they just can never catch them because they drop points at crucial times and stuff like that. So the fact that they're chasing is interesting. 
Yep. All right. Fair enough. The next group, I've grouped a few together here. I've got in third, Newcastle, fourth, Tottenham, fifth, Man United. I've got these three in a group together at the moment. Uh, what do you make of, where do you want to start with these guys? Uh, well, the tune, obviously, five in a row. Come on. How could you not talk about them right now? Yep. The oily Geordies are up and about. There's a bit of a, a bit of a buzz in the stadium. Buzz outside the ground. I saw a cool video of them. They're just they're fucking losing their minds right now. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, they find themselves just seven points off the top all of a sudden. <laughs> Which when is nuts because compare yeah. it to last season, dead bottom. Amaran Everyone's saying they're going down. Yeah. yeah. Wilson scoring goals. Amaron banging goals. So Maximum doing nothing. You know, oh, standard. Come on. Joe Willick scored a nice goal on the weekend. Let's talk about that. Arsenal let go a decent one. He wasn't good. <laughs> Neither was Navri, right? I don't understand these jobs that people make. <laughs> like you're mad if a player's shit, you can't just magically one day I don't know. You gotta turn players over as well. And he wasn't he needed regular first team football probably to reach this, and he was never gonna get it at Arsenal. That's a it that that's a very mature way to look at it. Because like Chelsea had the same thing with Salah and KDB, and you think Okay, why would they not hold on to these guys? They're obviously world beaters, but you're right. Sometimes they don't work out in certain circumstances at certain times and they don't have the right personnel to bring it out. Yeah, the right personnel to bring it out or just the change of scenery for the player. Um, Willick is, like, I don't think Willick is an outstanding Premier League player who would have been worth keeping just because he scored this one goal against Chelsea. Mm -hmm. You know, he is a good footballer, but he's not, you know, he wouldn't be in the top bracket of Premier League footballers, so no, not the well. huge loss. And they got in Odegaard Arsenal anyway instead of Willock at the moment. So um but yeah, Newcastle looking good. Tottenham sit fourth despite us constantly shitting on them um, and them looking like crap every week, but they get points. They're and they're into the um next phase of the Champions League as well. So if you're a Spurs fan, you're you're looking at this thinking, well, job done. What more could you ask for? Yeah, I guess so. I think they thought they'd be probably... I think Spurs fans hoped at this point with Conte, though, that they'd be playing better football if they're not... You know what I mean? Like, if they're... But can you expect that under Conte? I think so. It's their calibre defender at the moment. It's pretty shocking. Um, He's mentioned that, eh? He's fucking not happy about it whatsoever. (laughs) But I think for Spurs fans, I think they would want to be... They want to be contesting City. Whether we think they're right. capable or not, I I think that's where. Okay. You that, sounds someone, delu- that sounds deluded to me. I'm not sure. You hire someone like Conte and you've got the likes of Harry Kane and Son up front. Yeah, you make a good point, but obviously, yeah, you're drawn to the defensive weakness and just kind of the midfield. It's just like, bleh. I there's think no their, one, their recruitment's no fallen apart a bit. Yeah, there's no one in that midfield that you look at. It, you know, maybe Benton Kerr scored twice against Leeds on the weekend, but you wouldn't look at him every week and think, oh my God, he's as exciting as, for example, uh, uh, Vieira that's come through Arsenal at the moment. Like he looks like a way more exciting prospect than something like that that's going on in Spurs' midfield. No, you wouldn't, but I would say that's um, that's where like it's, Spurs have made the right move though. They've like the intent from Spurs was there to go and get him because mm-hmm. he's a player who was playing for Juve uh, or in and out at Juve and a player that they highlighted as someone who might be able to, you know, 
looking to compete but just can't crack that Juventus 11 every week and so mm. could come across and be a gun for them every week um, and it just hasn't quite worked yet or, you know, who knows? They've still got time and they're still in the mix. I guess, but you, like you said, like compare it to City, they want to compete with City. City don't go and sign those kind of players. City have Tottenham don't have the money City do. That's why I think it's deluded that Spurs think they can compete with City. I would be stoked if I was a Spurs fan to be in fourth right now. I think everyone wants to be third or fourth. I don't think if you're a Spurs fan, you're happy that you're behind Newcastle at this point of the season. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. That's recent form. Yeah. Yeah. That's Conte though. Who knows? I've throughout the course, I reckon they'll finish fourth. Okay. Fair. Man United's the next one in fifth. Oh, how? How? We've just everyone has derided this team all season and all of a sudden they're fifth. They're still they still win games and they still get points. I think like, you know, you look at the top three, Arsenal, City, Newcastle, uh, you know, pretty consistent in terms of not losing games, especially when you add Newcastle in. That's what just the is, one yeah. loss. Um and then Tottenham, they're kind of they managed to grind it out more so maybe they're just like scrapping the extra win or two. Uh, but then from Man United, really right down to probably like eleventh, it's just not getting not getting enough wins, too inconsistent up and down, um, mm-hmm. and that's why we've got the likes of Man United, Liverpool, and Chelsea um, lingering lower than they would like. But for Man United, I think fifth at this point, I reckon, given how they've had like some of their bad patches of form, I reckon they'll take fifth right now. They would take fifth. They've only scored 20 goals this season. Yep. It's incredible numbers to think of. Man City scored double the amount already. Yep. And so for them to be fifth, uh, it's got to be a – is it a fluke? Is it, Or do we have to pay respect to Ten Hag and everything that's happened now? I don't I don't understand. It's, it's baffling to me, like this table from 5 to 11, like you said, because yeah. they've only won two games less than City, and yet – you know, you think of Man United and you think crisis. You think Ronaldo yeah. and Piers Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, absolute scenes this week with that. Um, they're just they're just a mess. We've done them to death on this pod, though, I think, because it's too hard not to when a club like Man United, um, after watching what we watched growing up, watching them languish like this is is excellent. Long may it continue. Yeah, but is it languishing? I just that's what freaks me out. I don't know. I can't. I can't enjoy it yet. I can't enjoy it. Okay. Uh, next group I've got. I've bunched Liverpool, Brighton, and Chelsea together. I think mm-hmm. I have. Um, yeah, this is interesting. We've got Brighton in the mix with Liverpool and Chelsea, which is a surprise that Brighton is so high. But it's not really so much that. It's more that Liverpool and Chelsea are so low. Uh, Liverpool in sixth, 22 points. What do you got? For, like Personally, I always had Brighton in this position. I thought they would finish seventh. I didn't anticipate Chelsea to be below Brighton at this point in time. Um, and all the more ironic that throughout the season, Chelsea have gone out and poached Brighton's manager and, and now somehow they're below Brighton. It's just, <laughs> it's such, it's a cruel and unusual game, everybody. Um, it's, it's exactly what you said earlier. It's the up and down form of these teams and the fact that they can't consistently get results like Newcastle have, which is why they're third. Chelsea, especially, they haven't won in five games, three losses in a row, downward spiral like crazy. Liverpool recovering from their 
earlier season woes. They've won a couple in a row. There was another win in there amongst a lot. So they're on their way up potentially, but you know, they're still dropping points to stupid teams like Leeds and Forest. So I, I, you know, the thing with the world cup is these guys aren't going to come back from the break any more refreshed. And they're going to have all sorts of different contemplating emotions and ideas. And, you know, you go into, you know, 2023 contracts are coming up and shit like that. It's, it's a hard one to predict and it's a hard one to say definitively what's going to happen. But potentially these three teams could finish like this. Yeah, I I could see that happening. The goals would be a worry. I mean, like Liverpool have 28, but they won a game 9-0. Mm. You take that out. Anomaly. You know, take that anomaly out. Uh, Chelsea, though, their goal difference is zero. They've only scored 17 goals and they've conceded 17. They're, I thought they had come good, a little patch there, and I thought that Sterling, Aubameyang, uh, I just, I, I don't understand looking on paper how this side hasn't delivered really, to be honest. It's a bonkers situation. This is the one that has been the most like self capitulation. Maybe it's because the dressing room uh, isn't right, and it's could it be that thing where Potter comes in, no one respects him, or you know that it could was be happening even, before Potter. It was, yeah, it was. It you know they sound like the new old Man United, where you just get a new coach in, and you gobble him up, you get him out. Um, the lack of Roman as well, maybe having an impact on the direction of the club. There's like obviously new executives in, new board members, so like there's a whole heap going on in the back room at the moment. That that can like we've seen it translate onto the pitch, so maybe you could attribute it to that, but. You're right. They had a nice little bump there when Potter first came in and you thought, okay, he, this guy's got a good idea. He knows what he's doing. But their recent form, very worrying. I think we can definitely say that Potter does know what he's doing. I think Brighton are still proof of that. After he's gone, they're still kind of maintaining that kind of level. Um, just, I don't know what it is with Chelsea. The, the team on paper looks so exciting, but they're just not delivering. Maybe it is just that Kante is that good and lose everything together. Oh, nah, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. Like Kante's fucking brilliant, and is his him missing is obviously going to be the reason Australia beats France. But for me, you bring in players like Koulibaly and Ubur and Sterling. You, you just yeah, Sterling. You just you should be at the absolute forefront of the league. You should be where Newcastle are, and like they've, these are the guys. They should be there. They've still got you know your. Kai Havertz, and so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Who's probably going to lead the line for Germany. Like, it's just, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, the next slide I've got, from ninth down to 12th, I've got Fulham, Brentford, Palace, Villa. I don't know what you want to cover here, but uh, I'll just let you have the floor if you want to cover any of these guys. I don't know. This is, you know, when I made the call a couple of weeks ago, there's like some really average fixtures in the league that you just don't care about. Bang, yep. this is it. This is the four. Who like who gives a fuck, man? Uh, Brentford beating City, fun, I suppose. You know, Thomas Frank called it his, oh, called it Brentford's greatest victory in their history. But it's yep. like really, like a fucking measly three points in the in the top division, and you're calling that? You like, come on, yeah, come on. You're really you're really alluding to your insignificance there. Yeah, I think the biggest underachiever in this group is Aston Villa in twelfth. Uh, mm-hmm. Fulham, Fulham, the surprise packet in ninth, to be honest. Uh, but Aston Villa. In 12th, I think 
I mentioned it a few times leading into the season and in the early stages that I was really excited to see them play a lot this year, given the squad and bringing in guys like Coutinho and Buendia. Um, not happening. Not happening at all. They, well, I mean, you say not happening at all. Emery's come in, they've won a couple. So maybe this could be the turnaround that they're looking for and they could leapfrog Brentford, Fulham and, you know, Maybe in potentially Chelsea, depending on where their form goes. Yeah, it's pretty tight in there. The other one I guess I'd mention would be Palace, just because, uh, like I've said this week's about Palace. I think Vieira looks like he's a good coach, but their squad mm-hmm. is their squad is probably the least exciting out of uh, all these teams, and perhaps a few below them. It's threadbare as well. Uh, I, I'll take you up on exciting Zaha on his day. Yeah, like a Premier League. Absolutely, uh, I like Elise and I like uh, uh, Eze as well. So I think yeah. that I think they do have some creative, fun players to watch. But it's just it's what we always say about Palace: they just win some, lose some, draw some. They'll finish eleventh. Th- that is literally where they'll finish. The next one I've got in here is Leicester. I've put them on their own. Uh, they're purely because they were bottom for a while. Well, they were in that bottom three. Looking horrid. And then they've seemed to have turned around a bit just recently. They they got rid of old Brendy, didn't they? No, he's they still were, there. no, Brendy's still there. Sorry. He's still I'm there. I'm getting lost by how many teams have sacked their freaking coach already. Um <laughs> but yeah, they've turned it around a bit. I think I think we always knew they've got the players there to turn it around. I think they'd still be if you told them at the start of the season that they'd be thirteenth going to the World Cup break, I think they'd be pretty disappointed. They would be disappointed. Yeah, but after five games or six games or whatever it was, I think they'll be fucking stoked where they are. They they have turned around, and those key players that we talked about have come into form. Harvey Barnes is scoring goals. Tielemans, you know, he misses penalties occasionally, but he scores fucking bangers. So we're like, he's not spent. He's definitely a creative force and something that can be reckoned with in the Prem. Leicester are a good team, and they're gonna they're gonna continue winning games. I think four of the last five, they're up and about. They're back, baby. Yeah, I think so too. They got plenty of talent there. Um, it was just wishful thinking there on the Brendan Rodgers thing, wasn't it? Jeez. Uh, yeah. Do you want to see him sacked? Why is that? Do you harbor uh, some kind of? No, nah, still a little bit dirty on him. A little bit of resentment in there. Yeah. That's fine. Um, That's fine. We he's also an, he's also an egotistical wanker. Uh, <laughs> the next so you group wouldn't you wouldn't have him to dinner is what you're telling me. No, I wouldn't invite him over. No. Mm. Uh, Bournemouth down to Everton, fourteenth to seventeenth. Uh, this is where the table gets, I guess it's pretty tight all the way, but a lot of these teams have spent time in the relegation zone or have found their way out. Or if you're West Ham, just have never really been in it, but are dangerously close and look shit. Um, geez, where do you want to start? Uh, well, this isn't, this is the most interesting group for me because there's like three huge clubs in Bournemouth. Who would you rather see be sent down in favour of Southampton? I think it would be Bournemouth for me. You want to keep Southampton up? I'd, yeah, I'd like to keep Southampton up. Okay. They they we, they, we get to create, they create good players. We'll get to that. Okay. But you want to see Bournemouth down? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Come on, man. Why Bournemouth? They're just the least... Like when I think of classic football teams growing up, Bournemouth went in there. We don't. We don't need them. <laughs> the least exciting, you reckon? Not even the least exciting. They just don't mean anything to me. So yeah, you want to pick on the small clubs? I get it. 
They're not they're not small by any they're means. Small. I think Bournemouth had some kind of Russian investment consortium come into them in the championship. They're small by nature, by like how you know them. But I don't I don't think they're worthy of staying up, so I'd like to see them go down. Um otherwise, Sam, West Ham. They're yeah. not massive, are they? They're certainly not. I think we figured it out that if they yeah, they kind of suck. We said this on the weekend when we we watched a few of the the mini matches and stuff together, just looking at them, thinking they just suck. Mm. <laughs> Losing two 0 at home to Leicester confirmed that for me on the weekend. They just straight up suck, which is nuts because they signed good players like Skamaka and you know they. I just I thought they had added to an already good eleven, but it just has not eventually. They've had whatsoever. they've had the equal most. Losses mm. with Southampton and Wolves, who are bottom two. Um, so if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be getting pretty nervy right about now, especially if Forrest can find We'll get to them, but if Forrest find a way to click on a bit. And now that, oh, well, who knows what's going to happen Ever- with Everton. They look like they might bounce back, and then they got pumped by Bournemouth twice in a week. So <laughs> Alex Awobi. Decided to throw his shirt into the crowd after a three-nil loss. Idiot! Why would you do that? Of course, it's coming straight back at you, and it's probably covered in spit and whatever else they can fucking wipe onto it. Shit. Maybe maybe it shits there. Maybe would you? Would you? You were talking about shitting in a stadium earlier. Was I? Would you defecate a shirt and throw it back at a player, Sam? No, that's what I'm asking you. Why the hell would I do that? Would you condone it though? After no. a three 0 loss to Bournemouth, I would not. I'd go pretty close. I'd go pretty close. <laughs> if Leeds I think lost three 0 not... to Bournemouth, no, we beat them four three. If Leeds lost three 0 to Bournemouth, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. You'd shit on a shirt, throw it back. No, no, not me personally. But if someone did it, you'd encourage them. I wouldn't encourage them, but I, I would not. Seems like I, you'd encourage I, them. I would, inc- I would condone it. Is what I would do. This guy might stand back quick. All right, applause. The relegation zone, Nottingham Forest, Southampton, Wolves. How do these guys all finish up? Are they all staying in the bottom three or is someone getting out of there? What's going on? Um, I'm, well, I'm we're s- away. What yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm sending Wolves. They're done, I reckon. They're toast. We're sending Wolves. I'm, we're away from the egotistical toast. zone of the Prem now. We're into the ballots. This is the legitimate ballots. Wolves are toast. You're, you're 100% right. Whoever that manager that they introduced on the weekend that looked like a mafia boss, I don't think that he, just by looking at him, has the credentials to keep a Premier League team up. That's an interesting judgment by the cover, but carry on. I, this is how we stereotype, right? This We judge everyone on looks. That's my so, analysis anyway. Southampton, you know, I think they actually have the team to stay up. Like, I think they have the 11. There's They've got good footballers in the team. I like Balakotchap. I like Chathams. I like these guys. Like these are good footballers. So stacking Husan Hultul maybe a bit bit rash for mine. I don't know who they're gonna who they're gonna bring in. That could see them down personally, but I would give them a sniff. I think they have a chance. And Forrest? Forrest obviously the best chance of the lot because they signed all those players, they've spent the money. I think they've got this kind of like individual firepower. You know, 
in the individual brilliance you're looking yeah. for to break open a game and beat a big team, beat a mid-table team, they could probably they get enough it, points. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I agree with all of that. Um, so Who are we yeah. sending down then? Are we going to send anyone? So we send Wolves down and I, I Ever- think, Everton? I, I think Wolves, Everton. Yeah. And Bournemouth. Um, you're not going to like this. I, I think Leeds. Oh, we haven't talked could about it. Could go down. We didn't do Leeds, but I had them in that group there with Bournemouth, West Ham and Everton, but I'd, I'd mm. still be super worried if I was Leeds. Just the amount of goals you concede, just it's not healthy. Yeah, but we look, look how many we score. We score so much more than the teams mm. below us. Yeah. That's enough to keep Leeds out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm going, what, I think. You reckon Leeds finish 18th? I think Wolves, Everton, Leeds, bottom three. Sorry. This is such a huge betrayal. Why is it a betrayal to say what I think? It's just moments ago, off air, you were spitting it. I'm appalled. All the I'm pundits appalled. were picking European teams to qualify for the next stage of the World Cup as though they had some obligation to pick Asian teams that they didn't think were going to qualify just for the sake of picking them. And here I am giving you my honest thoughts. And you, you think it's a betrayal. Leeds this is suck, like, man. Sam, it's like the beach scene in Romper Stomper. You have one more point than West Ham and they suck. Yeah, but we've scored like 10 more goals. And there's Everyone knows goals win games. I'm putting you down. Unlucky. All right, we'll move on. That's the table. Uh, who wins it from here, wow. though? You've got, you've got Man City to win it from here. I don't care anymore. I think most people do. Stop being a sook, baby. All I right. can't. I just... City. Yeah, City. I hope Arsenal get relegated. You're an absolute dog. <laughs> uh, fantasy football time. Uh, the highest score this week, 62 points. Stephen Munro, Puyol Pants down, and Acacia Reza Adnan, Bendit Bandit. Nice. Both got 62 points this week. Uh, and moving back to, I'll tell you what, look what happened at the top of the leaderboard. Our boy Brendan Simpkins uh, this week only got a 29, and that was enough to drop from first to second. Callum Miller goes back to the top. PK Blinders, good work, Callum. Hang in there. Uh, it's interesting at the top. It's getting tight. Uh, Tyneside Whalers every week has just been moving up the board, and they've moved up to fourth, uh, coming in hot. So... Um, it's all I feel like I feel like Tyneside Tyneside Whalers uh, probably benefited from the fact that Newcastle have the three top scoring players in goalkeeper with Nick Pope, defender with Kieran Trippier, and I think it's midfielder uh, midfielder with uh, Almiron. So I I anticipate he's got all three in there, and like fucking kudos to you because those guys are scoring mass points. You anticipate that? Who did you say? What were the three? Uh, Pope, Trippier, Amaron. Okay, he's only got Trippier, Amaron. Okay, no Pope. Pope's the got, top scoring keeper. He's got Wilson on the bench. Wilson on the bench. Um, he's got the same keepers as us. There you go. Oh, he followed the same trick. We uh, we really we shamefully have fallen right down to like forty second in our own league. So oh, bro. Um, it's it's grim for Night Shift FC, but it is. You know, we just when, have to reevaluate. I mean, we, obviously, there's a fracturous uh, relationship at the moment. We did leave James at right back for weeks, 
Oh yeah. Injured. So that won't help. Hey, let's do some World Cup squads. Um obviously it gets underway. Is it Sunday night? The coming I think Sunday? It is. Sunday. It is. Yeah. Um haven't given them enough time personally. <laughs> let's go through the England squad because I know that this always catches a lot of people's attention. There's always a lot of talk because everyone watches the Premier League here. Um yeah, what there's some omissions, some surprises. Is there? I think you've got the hot take with the omission, Sam. And for me personally, it was Tammy Abraham that has been very aggrieved to miss out in this squad, but you had so. a better one, I thought. Okay. Well, I disagree on the Tammy Abraham one just firstly. You I, reckon? Yeah, I you never reckon? thought he would make it. He's only scored like four goals this season. Mm. He's had like last season, he was great. This season, he's been a bit quiet. He hasn't started as many games either because they got in. Roma got Andrea Bellotti in from Torino, so he's kind of started. He's not more. playing as much. He's not, yeah, and just hasn't hasn't looked as good. He's been pretty wasteful as well. So I, I don't think he's too hard done by. Uh, but Sam, Sam Rashford's yeah. only scored four goals this season as well. Yeah, he plays as a winger, doesn't he? That's what's got him over the line, I think. Yeah. Oh, you reckon a bit of versatility, but okay, yeah. um, okay, potentially. The bigger mission for me is for Kaya Tomori. I think he's the most in-form centre-back that England have. He's obviously not, uh, not obviously, uh, but he he's not having as amazing a season as he did last year, but he's still been excellent for Milan. Every week he's making crucial blocks, crucial late tackles. Um, he's he's a big, big part of why Milan are up toward the top end of the table. I. Uh, don't really see how he's left out and like Connor Cody goes in. Yeah, Connor Cody, Eric Dyer. I mean, there's some, there's a couple in there that I think I would definitely have Tamori in over that. It doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, I think I'm not too, like, people are pretty outraged with Harry Maguire going. I think he was always going to be going. I think he performs, his performances in an England shirt haven't been horrendous. So, no. Um, and, you know, we've seen Southgate likes to pick guys that, have performed for him before. Exactly. Um, so Who maybe knows. when he says he picks his team based on form, maybe he means form in an England shirt. Who knows? Definitely. That's exactly what he means. He never wants to specify because obviously he wants to continue to encourage the people in the Premier League that aren't involved in the England squad to continue to try and perform at their best ability. But he definitely means within the England camp and the environment. Yep. Uh, so 25 of England's 26 play in the Premier League. Do you know the one who doesn't? I uh, can, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Jude Bellingham. <laughs> yeah, it's Jude Bellingham, the 19-year-old Borussia Dortmund. There's no way they could leave this guy out. He's a star. Does he start, though? He should start. Definitely he should start. What a, like a, It just brings um, a totally different kind of enigmatic force to the England team that they do not have. I'm not sure they will. I don't think they'll start him. He should, but I don't reckon they will. But You could still set up with the two holding players in front of the back four and then play Bellingham because that's that's the kind of guy you want in there. But obviously, he's got all these problems of trying to jam in like, you know, Mason Mount and stuff like that. So yeah, ben, uh, Phil Foden, you've got to try and fit all of these guys in there as well. So it's it's a packed midfield. It's the wrong manager to try and, I think, get the best out of these guys. Yep. Um, Calvin Phillips inclusion. Any thoughts on that? Oh, why the guy's barely played? Like, surely there are better 
screening midfielders with long-range passing ability than Calvin Phillips at the moment. I'm not sure there is for England. You don't reckon? I think, and he's another a... one that was he was so crucial in the Euros. He was brilliant. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And you know, I, I'm not entirely bitter about him leaving. It's just the fact that we haven't seen him play at all recently. Yeah. There was a lot of people online calling for Harrison Reed from Fulham to go instead. He plays a similar kind of role, and I think he's shown he could perform at. Maybe not KP's ability, but you actually don't need him to start games because I don't. Is Calvin Phillips going to start? I don't think so. Won't it be Declan Rice and. Well, I mean, it should be Bellingham, right? <laughs> it should be Rice, Bellingham, Gallagher in there based on form. I, I don't know. Or Henderson. Does Henderson start? That's. Yeah. Questions abound in there. Yeah, I don't know. I think he'll start. He'll start Declan. You reckon and... KP starts? I reckon he'll start Declan and Calvin. Shit. Yeah. And then, I don't know, probably, probably a mount. Yeah. Not a Madison mount. A mount. I, would, I would start Bellingham, but I I don't think he will. But we'll see. Hopefully Bellingham gets the minutes because And then he, we'll, what, would you, what would you do? This season. He should. He deserves it. Of course he deserves it. But it doesn't fit. There's no – I can't see Southgate fitting. Who do you play on the wings? Foden, Saka? I'd imagine no, I don't think it'd be Saka. I imagine it would be Foden and Sterling. But yeah, I imagine it would be too, but Saka's in way better form than Sterling right now. Yeah, maybe so, but England have kind of a group where you could play a player like Saka instead of Sterling and get the same result. You know what I mean? Like coming up against Iran or Wales or something like that, you could probably get maybe even a better result out of playing Saka than you would Sterling. Uh, yeah, potentially. Um, what do you think? What do you think happens from here? If like, does Southgate stay on after this world cup? If they don't win it, like what's the, what's their goal? Like, do they, do they need to win this for him to stay on? Do they need to make the final? Would that be enough? Semi-final? I reckon even if he does win it, he still moves on. He moves on. I reckon, I reckon this is the end of his cycle because has it been six years now since he came in or has it been longer? Unsure, but it's been long enough. There's He's had enough chances and I feel irrespective of what happens, even if they do win the World Cup, I still think he should move on. I think there are better managers waiting in the wings for him to take over the England job. Okay, cool. I'm going to move on to France. Do you, have you had a look over this squad? I, You know, the thing about France is the list of omissions is more important than the squad that they've actually picked. Hit us so that's, that's pretty much what I've been focusing on. What, do you have them? I don't have them in front of me, but it's, what is it, Pogba, it's Kante, it's... Oh, they, yeah, they're injured, guys. Mm, yeah, exactly. Well, they're not omissions, are they? They're injured. Yeah, they're injured, but they're still admitted from the squad. They're not in this squad. Are you saying that the squad is good, Sam? I'm saying the squad is good, yeah. The squad's pretty good. Yeah, the squad's pretty good. Um, Benzema back into the back into international football. Uh, good. Yeah, good. good. I mean, they won it without him anyway <laughs> with Giroud there. But <laughs> now they've added Benzema. Um, Do you think that's Benzema's greatest like failure in his career? It would have to be. Well, don't black- rude won the World Cup. Don't try on some blackmail with people. It's just silly. Um, <laughs> they have the best fullback in the world, Teo Hernandez. I said it. 
There it is. Milan Shit. bias, maybe, but fucking cool. The guy man. is an absolute star. Uh, I can't stand the other one, Lucas Hernandez. He's the one. Last time they played Australia, we were all f- filthy with him for diving. Oh, out. he was an got, asshole all night. I got them confused, and that's who I thought it was. So I was immediately dirty when you said that, but no, thank you. No, Teo yeah. is uh, Milan left back. Lucas Hernandez is a right back at Bayern. Okay. There well, you go. good. I like the Milano guy then. He sounds like a stand-up character. If you like him, Sam, I like him. Yeah, he's a gun. He's He has a, a crazy amount of like assists and goal contributions from left back. Oh, um, well, they've got a few older guys in there, but they're just so solid all over the park. And It's good for Australia, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think that their weakness, <laughs> their weakness is definitely in centre midfield, you know, Okay, lacking Rabio. Well, just missing Pogba and Kante. Yeah, you know they've got Rabio in there. Rabio is good, um, but oh, he's no. No, Rabio is good, and he's still only twenty-seven. People forget how young I this guy still is. I don't think he's any good, Sam. But we no, we'll he's get been. Into it. Well, he's been excellent for the last few months when Juve have gone on their big run, missing a lot of players. He stepped up in centre midfield, started scoring goals. Uh, helping out the defense. He's been great in their last six wins. So um, good player. And he's still only, people forget he's still only 27. Um, But him in there, they've got, who they got for fire, uh, you know. Gwenduzi? Yeah, Gwenduzi. Who's the other one? Marseille, Veritut, Jordan Veritut from Roma. Moved Mm -hmm. to Marseille, you know. I think the one one we're missing is the Real Madrid midfielder, uh, Chumani. Chumani. What? Chiuamani. Camavinga. No, no, Chiuamani. I don't know who you're talking about. The 22-year-old from Real Madrid. I, I have no idea. I think he could be the walk-up starter into this France midfield in replacement of Pogba and Kante. And he could probably lead the line and destroy uh, every team in this group, personally. Okay. that's That's a random one. He's taken the eight, so I just assume that he's going to walk into the squad, right? Well, he's in the squad. Yeah, that's what I meant. He's going to walk into the first 11. No, the starting 11, you mean? Not yeah, the, the starting 11. You're just confusing me tonight. You're confusing I'm, me. I'm giving you the wrong dialect. That's what it is. Just throwing you off. You're killing me. Absolutely killing me. Tamavinga's better than that. Oh, I don't even know how to say his name. It's your man. We'll, we'll do that. I don't know about the accent. Yeah. Uh, but France win this group, don't they, that they're in with this squad? No, nah, Australia wins it. Duh. France win this squad, don't they, with this, this squad? Uh, a lot of people are tipping Denmark as Smokies. Um, and this is like this is legit. So I've seen a few people put, uh, Jamie Carragher and Etal have put Denmark on top in this group just because of France's weakness. Um, I don't know if you've looked too deeply into the Danish squad, but, you know, there's there's a strong top five European club representative in this. Um, probably led the line by probably Christian Eriksen. Uh, Braithwaite scoring goals for Espanyol. Um, you know, Rasmus Christensen plays for Leeds. I like him. You like Gams him because he plays for Leeds. I do like him he plays for Leeds. I think he's pretty good as well. He's going to get relegated um, this year. He may get relegated. Uh, Hoiberg. Obviously, in centre midfield, Yusuf Paulson scores goals. Casper Dahlberg still in this squad, so 
I don't know. There's a few guys picking Denmark as smokies. So if anyone was to take advantage of France's weaknesses, maybe it's Denmark. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the squad that I think are going to win it, who I've backed, Brazil. Uh, have you cast your eye over this one? They're they're pretty solid everywhere, uh, but you know they've they're always solid everywhere, and they don't always deliver. So what's going to happen? Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you. My tip is Brazil as well. I think on uh, on that stupid betting promo app, better get on, put Brazil on. It just it seems like a really good bet in returns, and it's so you can put outlay such a small amount, get a huge amount back. So gamble responsibly, but that is a great way to gamble responsibly. This team, top to bottom, looks like the winners. Personally, what what more can you say? Richarlison, Neymar, Rafinha, you know, the midfield, Casemiro still doing things. Maybe not at Manchester United, he's trying to adapt, but still great midfielder. Um, Vinicius Jr., Jesus up in, in the attack, like goalkeeper, yep. they got it covered. Edison, come, like, come on, man. Fabinho. How do they not win? How do they not win? Yeah. They it's lose Argentina in the semis, right? I That's think it. There may be, uh, I'm trying to think where their weakness might be. Like, it could be fullback. But not really. Maybe center, really? maybe center midfield. Maybe center midfield. But Fred generally plays really good for Brazil. He plays way better um, for Brazil than United. Yeah, doesn't have to play with McTominay, so that would help. <laughs> exactly. Um, and he's in there with Casemiro. You know, Fabinho as well from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's maybe Probably just their, their fullback. Maybe Alex Telles and Alexandro, Danilo. Maybe, but you know they're still pretty good. Thiago Silva, I think, has been one of the better defenders still in the Premier League, um, despite I'd Chelsea not being excellent. And he's thirty-eight years old, um, and I just I don't know, I can I can see them scoring so many goals. Yeah, same. They they look like the top scorers of the competition, no matter how far they get. Because they almost they almost have too many options. They do because you switch to the bench and you got Paqueta and. You know, uh, you could even bring on Guimieres uh, uh, from Newcastle to put in midfield. Yeah, they got, they got, they got options coming. Rodrigo, Rodrigo from Madrid, like they're just everybody, yeah. dude. In terms of just wingers alone, they've got like Martinelli. Yeah, Martinelli's um, there as well. <laughs> Martinelli, Rodrigo, Vinicius Junior, Anthony, um, Rafinha, Neymar. You know, yeah. it's. It's ridiculous. All right. Uh, the next one I've got is Germany. What have you got on this one? I like Germany. I you like them. I think they're a bit of a smoky. This is a team that maybe hasn't been talked about a lot in the build up to this. Yep. Um Because maybe they're, they're, they've got a young team, basically. And maybe Germany in four years of the next World Cup will be the ones that go into a favorite because they have a sterling European season. But they can obviously always perform and they can they've still got the experienced players in there that can turn games. What why not? Why not Germany? Yeah, they do. They've turned to a lot of um just like how England have most of their players playing in the Premier League, a lot of these guys play in Germany and at clubs like uh Eintracht Frankfurt, a lot from Bayern Munich, Leipzig, Freiburg. Uh, their defense is the one that people are kind of scratching their heads a bit, saying they don't recognize a lot of people won't recognize a lot of these names, you know. Mm-hmm. Once you take out Rudiger, um, Thilo Kera, maybe, maybe who's at West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
David Rahm, who's a Leipzig, he's a fullback. Matthias Ginter's pretty good. He's at Freiburg. He's the one that he looked like he was going to have a great career at Dortmund and it didn't quite happen, fell off a bit. He's now at Freiburg. He's 28. He's okay. Um, you know, but this, they don't have many big names, but their Nicholas Sula has been pretty ordinary for Dortmund. Um, and then the midfield and forwards, they're just, I guess they're still super dangerous. That's it. They've got, you know, Sane, Kimmich, Havertz, Koretzka, Nabry. Still got Thomas Muller. They've still got Thomas Muller up top. Like yeah, Nabry. This is a team you can rely upon to grand results and get through the group stages into the knockout, definitely. And yep. I'll, you know, because they're not on that side of the group that has, or am I sure about this? That, that doesn't have Brazil and Argentina. I have I no idea. That, I think that they can you know, so had some dominance. Yeah. They've got, um, we were talking on the weekend about how Ilkay Gundogan is still so underrated. Yes, true. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he wears the armband for City at times now. Um, has just quietly gone about his business in this all-conquering team because he's outshone by the guys around him, but he's still as integral into this team as any other. He can definitely lead Germany to great things. Yeah. Germany also has the youngest player of the tournament. Um, Yusufa Makoko, hey. the youngest player of the tournament, or the youngest mm. outfielder. Let me just check that. Let me check there's my something stats. about it. There, but there's a few young guns in this team. He is, yeah. Makoko, obviously, uh, James uh, Musalia from Bayern. Yep. Yeah, no, they're good. Kingsley Coman, always forget him as well. He's in there. Of course. No, so that's it's, it's a what stacked team. He's man. French. I'm just talking about Bayern Munich players now. Oh, okay. Yeah, you are. I've lost the plot. Um, <laughs> It's late. Let's just look at her. I was like, oh, it's coming. Yeah, of course. No, no. It's late. I had a big weekend. <laughs> Someone just get me out of here. Come and cut my mic off. Um, I think their biggest, most important players are oh, shit. Leon Goretzka and yeah, Josh, Joshua Kimmich. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's that's probably that's probably a better midfield duo than any in this World Cup. Uh yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It depends where Kimmich plays because he can, he can sometimes get utilised in other spots. Uh, mm-hmm. But Goretzka is just an absolute weapon. One of those guys that just buries half chances for fun from the midfield. So dangerous. But they're in a group with Japan, Costa Rica and Spain who will just quickly cast our eye over. Um, what do you make of this Spain squad? It's not a complete star-studded squad that we were used to seeing in the mid-2010s, but... Still good. That's the interesting uh, interesting thing about Spain at the moment is there is a huge rift between the national team coach and the Spanish national team supporting public because he does make such outlandish choices. He doesn't really respect the old guard. He's happy to bring in off-the-cuff kind of informed players or just even guys that he just takes an interest in for no real apparent reason. And it there's you know there's been articles written about how the Spanish public has fallen away so much that the, the average crowds are dropped and there's almost half of the Spanish uh, you know, population do not, do not give a fuck about the national team anymore. And so that's why you see this kind of random guys in the team, which is crazy. But it's fun. It's fun for us as onlookers. I'd rather than be like this than the dominant force they were 10 years ago. Yeah, I guess so. They At the end of the day, they've still got a big chunk of guys just from like the usual... The usual suspects, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico, uh, and then, you know, a smattering of players from Man City and Co. They're, 
they're still pretty solid looking through it. Like Rodri holding the midfield, uh, Ferran Torres, Avara Marata will probably play. Sergio Busquets is still the captain. He's 34. Um, I don't know. There's still, a, there's still, there's still a bit there. I'm not sure where all their goals come from. You don't believe in Marata, Sam? Come on. Not a whole lot. Lethal. Danny Olmo probably coming through, get a bit of get a bit more of a chance this World Cup as well. So yeah. I yeah, I agree with you. Like, where are the goals in this team? Ansu Fati, maybe. I, I don't know. Jeremy Pino, it doesn't some, look some decent wingers, but in terms of a straight up number nine, um, it's but is that is that what's gonna be is that what is gonna win the World Cup this season? Is a straight up number nine, or is it gonna be an interchanging front three with a false nine. Which is I don't know. You just grilled. Actually, you grilled Gabriel Jesus before for not scoring for Arsenal and saying it'd be a problem. So it'll be yeah. a problem for Spain. I think it's a problem for Arsenal because of the way that they play with their strikers. But for Spain, who are you know notably known for playing a a deep lying forward or a false nine, potentially not a biggest deal. Not a big deal. Mm, I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. Um, you got anything else or do you want to move on to the last one? No, I, in saying that, I don't think Spain go through. I think Japan go through. Okay. Uh, because I think the Japanese are a more well-rounded side, technically better potentially, and have better goal-scoring options. All right, I'll take your point. Fair enough. They left out Kyogo from Celtic, though. I don't know. Weird, yeah. right? Weird. It seems I, weird, but I, at the same time, I don't know enough about the guys they've got in instead. Uh, they were very happy to leave him out because, they, they, like you said on a previous team, they're a very tight-knit bunch. Oh, like on England is what I'm saying. The manager likes to keep the same guys in. So, Okay. Uh, the last one we're going to talk is Argentina because... You know, because Lionel Messi, that's why. Uh, is this, this is his last chance, I guess, um, at winning a World Cup. Is he a chance? Is this squad good enough at all? Uh, I think they probably are good enough. Yeah, they'll definitely get out of the group. It's just, it's they've got they've got a really tough draw. And can Messi lift this side to the point where they just perform out of their skins to make sure that he gets his World Cup? Maybe. Yeah. I, I think I think we've seen games where they do that kind of thing. They're sharing a group with Mexico, Poland, and Saudi Arabia, who I think all are potentially able to take points off Argentina. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely Saudi Arabia. Um, Mexico, I don't know heaps about. Uh, what are you basing that off, do you think? I just don't think Argentina are all that good. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. They've got a lot of guys, like their squad comes from a wide range of clubs and stuff, you know, so not a lot of guys who play together much. Um, they're also just kind of, I don't know, like messy aside, they they don't have a heap of X factor. They're particularly weak at the back as well. You don't think Alexis Mac Alistair from Brighton provides the X factor that they're desiring? I do not. Of all the random call-ups in the World Cup, surely that is the best, right? Good on him. <laughs> the most un, un-Argentinian name, but good on him. You don't reckon Dybala's going to do anything, though? No. Nah. 
He's not. Nah, he's not X Factor like Messi is. I don't know. They've. They've. All their options are kind of there in that front third. Who is X Factor like Messi? No, no one is. But no, like their front. Their front third guys like Rodrigo de Paul, um, Julian Alvarez barely plays. You know, Mm -hmm. or he kind of, kind of second string for City. Um, Dybala Dybala is so hot and cold. I like Dybala, but he's so hot and cold. Di Maria is at 34. Is is he good enough? Like, you know? Mm. And when you look at that back line, Foyth from Villarreal, uh, Talia, Talia Fico from Lyon, mm-hmm. uh, Montiel, Sevilla. What do they got? Lissandro, Mon- Lissandro Martinez, I guess. Well, uh, Otamendi might play. Otamendi will play. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think they're very good. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. Lataro uh, Martinez not going to do anything. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm happy to pot Argentina. Actually, I think if you convince me, yeah, these guys seem like they suck. So who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna knock who's gonna knock them out then? I don't know that. You know, they probably still go through. I just think that Saudi Arabia and Mexico. How I don't think it's locked in. Be? I just don't think it's locked in. I think you get. It might be worth a value to have a look at someone else qualifying in that. I group. would I would love to see a World Cup where like as many European and South American nations didn't qualify. And if you could have a group where fucking Saudi Arabia goes through as top would be just crazy. I would I'd laugh my fucking ass off. Yeah. Saudi Arabia goes through with Mexico. With Mexico, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh is there anything else you wanted to cover this week? I feel like we've gone enough. We've gone through all the squads, yeah. When we get into politics, but I I saw a funny story about um, the Qatari organizers paying uh, locals to like be fans on team arrivals and stuff like that because yeah. no one's there, <laughs> no yeah. one's doing it. And then you look at all the videos and you're like, oh yeah, this is kind of like a soulless expression of passion for Brazil or Argentina or whoever was yeah. supposed to arrive. <laughs> it was grim stuff. There's been a lot of grim stuff this week. Um, I'm worried this is going to be a grim World Cup, but hopefully once the football starts, we'll forget everything and just, right for right, rightly or wrongly, we'll forget everything and just hopefully be able to just enjoy the sport, I guess, as much as, as a, As a spectacle from not in Qatar, I think we're all going to enjoy it. But I think if you're in Qatar, you're going to have a really shit time. Yeah, beautiful. All right, well, stay tuned. We'll try and, uh, I think we're going to try and up our pods during the World Cup. We'll try and get some more out every few days or so. Just to stay on top of it, it's going to be a proper night shift, isn't it? A lot of people are going to be doing the late nights. A lot of, oh, lot yeah. of red eyes in the morning at work. So, oh my god! But we have yeah. good excuses, right? Is everyone going to just understand that we've been up at five thirty in the morning to watch Australia play France? Is that is that normal? Or up at like two thirty to watch Ecuador and bloody whoever? I don't even know if Ecuador qualified. That, you know, Ecuador and Senegal games like that. Yeah. Oh, you got to watch them all. You got to get them all in. Why not? We're going to deep dive in Ecuador, Senegal now, aren't we? This is good. No. 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 We're shoehorning it. That's it. We have to do it. It's canon. You can do it. You run it. No, I'll do it by myself. No, I'll finally finally do something. Oh, my God. Deep shotting now. It's just fucking drive bys all night. Leads are going down. I don't do anything. This is terrible, guys. Remember to listen to the At the Match Pod at Adelaide United that was filmed, I mean, recorded by yours truly. Where were you again, Sam? Mm, interesting. Passionate Adelaide United fan, he says. 
Goodbye.